Origins on the Future of Supply Chain are special one-off episodes where we have founders share their personal stories, chronicle the founding of their startup, and pass on lessons from building their business. To hear all of our episodes or to leave us a note, head over to podcast.dynamo.vc or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Let's get into today's show. Hey, welcome back to the Future Supply Chain. Uh, This is bonus origins material. And with us today, we have Shastri Mahadeo, the founder and CEO of Union Crate. And Shastri, would love to hear your story here. You know, um, how did you, you know, get into startups? What was the path ultimately to building a venture scale business? Uh, Hey, man, Uh, thanks for for having me. Um, I have a very weird um, and unique path to, to where I am now. Um, so I, walking you guys through it, um, I, I was born in Trinidad, Tobago. I came to New York when I was nine years old. Um, and I grew up in Jamaica, Queens, um, back in like when it was bad, back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And uh, I started my first company when I was 18 years old. And, you know, I think when 2016, um, I started a consumer goods brand. I started a tea company. Uh, mm-hmm. I was walking in the mall and I walked into Tivana and I saw that uh, Tivana was selling these loose leaf teas for, you know, $20 for two ounces. I was like, wow, that's crazy um, that people are paying that much for it. So I did a little bit of research and I found that this two ounce of tea costs like 25 cents, um, the same exact quality. So I was like, okay, what if I can provide, you know, the same quality tea uh, in a more affordable price so people can actually get it? Um, and I started this company called Bear Tea, um, and we started selling more direct to consumer. And I discovered uh, matcha when talking to one of my suppliers. Um, so, you know, in 2000, sorry, I, I started the company in 2012, uh, take it back. So, like around in 2014 is when I discovered matcha, and then we started selling wholesale into a lot of the different retail distributors across the United States. Now, when the supply chain, when the business started to grow, I started to see a lot of like pain points within just running the business and supply chain, mm-hmm. specifically as it relates to demand planning, uh, because we were started getting data from Walmart. They're sending us point of sale data via like retailing uh, 2.0. Uh, Whole Foods would send you like point of sale and so on and so forth. And we had data coming in from our Shopify store, from our Amazon, and from like you know various like EDI orders we were getting coming in and. We we're managing all that in Excel sheets, which was a pain, you know, me trying to figure out what my demand is going to be based on aggregating all of this data was just so time consuming. So I wanted to figure out or find a system to help me aggregate all this information. And I couldn't really find one that would take in the point of sale data, would take in my Amazon data or my Shopify data at that time. Um, and I even looked at like NetSuite and NetSuite couldn't take in those different data points. So I said, hey, you know, maybe I should just hire someone and build something internally to help me solve that problem. So I started looking for tech events to go to throughout New York City, and I ended up at a Techstars startup weekend back in 2016. Um, so I went to Techstars startup weekend, um, and I was with the first one there. And this guy walks in and was like, hey, you know, where's the bathroom? I was like, you know, dude, I don't really work here. Um, and his name is James, and he's now the co-founder of, of Union Crate. So that's how I ended up meeting James and uh, James and I, yeah, dude asked me where the bathroom was and now he like, he's the co-founder. So that was a, 
happy, happy accident. For our listeners, you know, you had a successful business. You're one of the first distributors of matcha and matcha is now, you know, a household term. How did you kind of grapple with the idea of dropping something that was going well to now go build the unknown? Yeah. So I think I've never ran a brand before when I first started the company and I was just kind of figuring it out as I, as I was going, like all the resources that are available to brands today wasn't really available when, when I started the company. So we had to just kind of figure it out. And I think it was doing really, it was doing well in, in the wholesale side of things. And I was starting to build a brand, but I think what, ultimately made me make the decision to leave that behind and focus on this was purely on gut, right? It was just more of a gut decision. When, when I went to start a weekend and I met James, I also met Jenny Fielding, who was the MD of our Texas program that we went through. And I told Jenny, you know, what I was working on. And she said, Hey, this is actually a problem throughout the entire supply chain, which is one of our focuses, which is one of her focuses for the new Texas program. So what I did is I started going around to the brands that, that I knew in this space called uh, Organic Food Incubator. So this is kind of like a WeWork for brands back back then. It doesn't actually exist anymore. Yeah. Um, actually, it does exist, but it exists in New Jersey. So I went and asked like all of the brands that were in there, um, you know, if they were struggling with the same problem. And they said, yes, that is a huge problem for them. So that was really, really intriguing to me. And I, I the thing that I think the gut check for me was that, look, I don't really know how to build a brand and I'm not a technical person, but I think that there's something here. And if I'm going to bet on something, I would probably bet on this rather than betting on scaling a, scaling a brand. Not because you can't scale a brand, but just because that's where my intuition or my gut was kind of taking me. Yeah. So what I did is I started taking most of the money that I made for myself within the brand and started funding Union Crate myself until we actually got into the Techstars program in the end of 2016. Got it. And, you know, a lot of founders um, will will come around and they have more of a business mindset and skill set, likely similar to what you had uh, as you're looking to build Union Crate. What advice would you have to find a technical co-founder? Because you were able to get one by putting yourself out there, going to this Techstars event um, and and being aggressive when you found somebody you had chemistry with, but how should, you know, other folks think about that? Not everyone might be as comfortable doing that. Yeah, it's a good question. And I, and I get, honestly, I get asked that all the time. Um, I think there's a couple ways to look at this. I think sometimes when people look for a technical co-founder, they just, they look at it from the perspective of, I want to find someone that is going to build my idea for me, right? And I think that's the incorrect way of looking at it. What I did is that when I met James, I said, here's the problem that I think that I'm having that I think exists. What do you think about it? And we co-developed the product together, right? So I, what I, one advice I would give was don't approach a technical co-founder as them building something that's your idea, but approach them as a collaborative saying, here's what I think is, or here's what I like to do. What is your input? What are your thought process? I think together we can actually turn this into something. I think just a different mindset, number one. Um, number two, I think that what, what, what James and I excelled at was that before the business came involved, we actually meshed at a personality perspective mm-hmm. where, where 
when we had a conversation, like, you know, we were both doers, right? Like James and I are both doers. I was more about like move fast, break things. And James was like, all right, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to be a little bit more methodical about it. And I think we complemented each other um, and we meshed personality wise. So even before the conversation of business idea or problem came up, we actually had a personal connection. And, you know, even when we met in Startup Weekend, we didn't talk about my business idea, right? Or even in depth. We were in the same team over the weekend working on someone else's idea, and we got to see each other's work habits. It was not until after the program that I said, hey, man, let's get some coffee, let's, do, let's get some dinner or something or, or hang out. And then I told them about what we were doing. But at that time, we had already meshed from a person to person, a, 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 a human perspective, if that's the right word to use. Yeah. So that's the second advice I would give. Don't approach a technical founder as only a business objective, but just approach someone as, as a person and find out if you actually mesh with that person or if that's something, someone you want to build a company with because building a company is not easy. Yeah, that's right. I think both of those um, pieces of advice are, are definitely true. And I especially like um, the fact that you point out that your, your technical partner needs to be a partner, not just a doer. And, and the way you exactly. approach that from the onset is either going to make or break <laughs> uh, the um, yeah, success um, of your yeah, efforts. But I, w- I want to close out here because um, something that we were really uh, impressed with when we first met you um, was your ability as a founder to really get some of those early customer wins. Talk to us about the importance of that, how a CEO needs to be selling on all fronts and that, you know, a CEO needs to really champion the early sales and set that tone as they continue to hire people to, to scale themselves and also backfill their capability. Yeah, um, I personally think that uh, that's all CEOs should be salespeople because you're not only selling to customers, you're, all, you're, you're selling to your employees and selling to your team. Um, you have to sell your vision. You have to sell, uh, you know, what you actually believe in. So I think what I focused on, and, and I guess for me, I really had a, a good understanding of the problem that we were solving. So when I approached my early customers, it wasn't me approaching them about, here's this cool thing that does cool, you know, cool stuff or is going to do this thing for you. I was like, Hey, what are you guys going through? What problems are you struggling with now? And now that you've mentioned that I've been working on this tool that solves exactly that same problem. So I think approaching your early customers is not about telling them about your solution, but actually talking to them about your problem or the problems that you think that they have. Um, and I think most, I, I, I see this sometimes with like founders, if, if I'm mentoring certain companies that, I think everyone's always focused on talking about their solution when it relates to early customers, when they need to switch the narrative and talk about what problems their customers are having and see if your solution actually solves that problem. Mm. And I think that is the best way to approach sales with early customers. And then when you make those early customers really happy, like what we've been seeing is that they're the ones that are selling for you. But really having a deep understanding of the problem and being flexible in the solution is what is going to make you gain those early customers very fast. The solution is changeable. The problem should not. Yeah, no, that, 
that advice rings uh, tried and true, and uh, I, I I cannot agree with that um, any more than um, you know being a champion of that. And and honestly, you know what? I'm gonna probably put that on a quote card here <laughs> for the podcast. <laughs> but uh, Shastri, you know, really appreciate you uh, sharing your uh, founder story here, and I think uh, we have some some pearls of wisdom uh, for for uh, founders to. Uh, really digest and and implement in their day-to-day. Appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a five-star review and tell us what you liked. And be sure to head over to podcast.dynamo.vc to keep up to date with our latest content or subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice. Until next time.